Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And just like that, we are back. Welcome to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast, the first episode of a new year. And I got to say, I'm fired up about this one because two of the biggest movies ever came out over the break, and I'm just so ready to talk about it. And I have my fiance and co-host Kelsey here with me this week. Hello. And we're going to be talking about, first of all, a little bit different of a format. We'll talk about these two movies first, which are Soul and Wonder Woman. Then we're going to get into the top five movies of 2020, at least what I think. I want to hear what your favorite movie is. And we'll also talk about the worst ones. There's a lot to talk about on this episode. As you can see, I am running on caffeine and adrenaline right now. So I'm ready to go for this episode. Hope you are too. Without any further ado, let's get started. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast. One man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. All right, I'm going to take a breath now and relax and bring it down. And the movie I want to talk about first is Soul which if you're not familiar with the movie, it is a brand new Pixar movie, which I think people get sometimes confused what is Disney and what is Pixar. And the way I've kind of been able to break it down is Pixar movies are essentially the ones that want to make you feel sad. And they make you cry at some point in the movie. And the animation is just very distinct. First of all, just talk about where you can watch it. It's on Disney Plus and you don't have to pay any extra to watch this one. If you have a subscription to Disney Plus, you can watch it. But what I found so different about this one and the thing about Pixar is they always kind of try to push the limits on what a kid's movie is, which I think that's what people associate these movies with is being movies made for kids. And over time, they've kind of become movies that adults enjoy at the same time. But when Pixar started, the very first movie was Toy Story. And I was a kid when that came out. And at that time, I really feel like they were just making movies for kids. And since they've kind of been putting out movies for, you know, 20 plus years, they've kind of shifted to where those kids who watched their initial first movies are now older and are either showing their kids those first movies 
or now they're trying to kind of get them back with these kind of movies. So we get Soul, which is about a grade school music teacher who didn't really make it as a jazz musician. And now he's, you know, just teaching kids. But he gets his kind of one big shot again to become a real musician in a band. And that's kind of the premise of this movie. But the weird thing about it, I felt like it wasn't really a kid's movie. And when I posted about it on Instagram, I saw a lot of parents kind of had that same kind of message. Like, you know, me and my husband enjoyed it, but our kids, you know, didn't really get it or they laughed still a little bit. But even some parents just said they didn't want to show the movie to their kids. So how did you feel about Soul? Did you think it's a kid's movie? I don't think so. I feel like the subject matter was not inappropriate for kids anyway. It was just, I feel like a little above their heads like yeah. for us a little kid like they wouldn't really understand the premise of it because no. it's about kind of finding your purpose and about kind of reevaluate reevaluating your life of like okay you're having your passions be one thing and your purpose in life be another thing and i just think that was something that would kind of go over a kid's head like a, a kid's not really gonna look at this movie and think like it look into their lives of like, oh, should I be doing what I'm doing? That's not what a kid's good. Like a six year old. What are they kind of taking from this movie? So I thought that was really interesting. It didn't really feel like a movie for kids. And I know Pixar, their main characters aren't always kids. But I mean, it's straight up an adult man in his life and his story. So I think that's where I was kind of watching this movie of like, huh, if I was a kid, would I really be enjoying this? But aside from that, what did you think about it? I thought it was good. I feel like when we watched it, I wasn't I wasn't in the place to want to be in my feels while watching a movie. I just wasn't like completely in the mood for that type of movie. And that's what a lot of people said and why we kind of waited like a day to watch this because people were saying that it's going to make you cry. I never felt the need to cry. I didn't either. Like it kind of hit me emotionally in some points when it kind of came to him like realizing that Again, we won't spoil the movie, but him like kind of having that kind of look on his life and something that he'd been so passionate about for so long and not achieving that and the stuff with his family. Like, yeah, it was emotional, but there was really no sad part. Like, I don't know, as much as people were saying that it was going to make you cry and make you feel, I don't think I took that entirely away from it. But I do think it's a pretty good message, especially for people right now to kind of like, I don't know, maybe take a step back and think about what you're doing in your life. So I think if you're going through something like that and you watch this movie, it'll probably kind of hit you in the gut a little bit. So I could see that. What I really liked about it, though, were the visuals in this movie. Like you can tell they spent a lot of time getting down. I mean, not even just the main characters, but like the secondary characters, like even from when he goes to the barbershop and there's a character named Dez who I think had like the most detail I've ever seen in an animated character from like his beard and his hair and the shading. Like it looked amazing. And also how well they captured New York city in a way that I've never really seen in any kind of, not just in the animated movie, but any kind of movie that kind of depicts New York city, they kind of really got like how it feels to be on a sidewalk in New York city and like the subway. I don't know. I just thought, that feel was really cool. And even like the kind of abstract moments that they had of like the in-between places and like the elevator going into kind of that whole world. Like it was so obscure and abstract, but it worked. And I think they made it so abstract that 
it was I feel like it was such a risk because the thing about Pixar movies is they make a lot of money off of merchandising later and being able to make like a Disney ride or something like that afterwards. And I don't really feel like there are any characters from this that are like kids are going to want out and buy like a toy or any kind of like merchandise with a, you know, a logo on it. So I thought they kind of really went trying to make something artistic and something with a message more so than sticking to the traditional Pixar formula. So I think that's where I kind of ranked it so high because it was something different. Not my favorite Pixar movie. I wouldn't even say maybe top 10. I think there's 23 Pixar movies. I don't even think it would crack that, but a really bold movie for them, I felt. What did you rate this one? I gave this one a four out of five. Four out of five? That's pretty good. I went with 4.5 out of five. Mainly tipped it over the fact that it was so different and kind of so bold that I thought pushed it over the edge a little bit. And I feel like they did a pretty good job at it. So yeah, I gave it 4.5 out of five jazz bands. I also thought the characters were really great. The voices. Tina Fey. Tina Fey was great. Jamie Foxx. Yeah, there was great. But I still don't think it's a kid's movie. I wouldn't I wouldn't sit my kid down and expect them to watch it either. Like, I don't think it would hold their attention. Yeah. I mean, aside from it being, I don't even think it's like that funny. Did no. you? I don't think we really laugh watching it. It's not really like a, yeah, like a comedy. So it'd also be kind of weird afterward to have to explain it to your kids a little bit. Like, hey, uh, so this is what was going on with him. This is why this happened. And this is what they're trying to explain here. I think it's a lot of explaining afterwards. Maybe really young kids would just take it for like, okay, it was a fun, bright, colorful movie. And I like that about it. But I think older kids would have a lot more questions about it. So we're saying it's not a kid's movie. If you're an adult going through a crisis right now internally and you want to be in your feels, I think it's a good one to watch. So there we go. Our thoughts on Soul. I do want to talk about Wonder Woman next, and I'm pretty fired up about this one, mainly because I've never been ripped up for a review, I would say, in a really long time because of this next movie. And I'm going to defend myself here on the podcast and give my definitive review on Wonder Woman. So we'll do that next. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. 
It's called Koala Moon and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Cowie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now I want to talk about Wonder Woman 1984, which is a movie I've been excited about pretty much the entire year. And we watched it on... A couple of days after Christmas Day, because actually I wasn't going to talk about this, but in Nashville on Christmas Day, when we were supposed to watch this movie, there was a bombing here in town. Like we live about what less than four miles away from where it happened and terribly like just tragic what happened downtown. And we woke up on Christmas morning and I started reading the news and it was crazy. But not only that, about four hours after it happened, maybe a little more than that, we lost not only internet, but cell service. So we had nothing for like three days. So it kind of pushed back when we were going to watch Wonder Woman. And then once we got internet back is kind of when we decided to watch it. But that was just a whole kind of weird time to kind of not be able to do anything. But then we got internet back and we're like, all right, let's watch Wonder Woman. And we sat down and watched it. And I have to say, I was the most excited I'd been to watch a movie pretty much all year. Even you noticed how excited I was to sit down and watch this movie. I couldn't tell if it was the excitement about getting the internet back or the movie. It was a lot of things. And I saw the Rotten Tomatoes score go down significantly on this significantly on this movie. It went from like an 80, I think even an 88 at one point, And now it's at a 61%. And I feel it kind of had the same thing that happened to it that Birds of Prey did earlier this year, which I actually like a lot too, that some initial reviews came out about it. And said it was bad. And then a bunch of other people started dogpiling on it and said it wasn't very good. And I felt that's kind of what made the score go down. So I also kind of sat with those like in the back of my head of just knowing that it might not be as good as I expected. But we watched it. And I have to say from the very start, like there wasn't any point in the movie where I felt like it sucked. And it was hard for me to go back afterward and try to like pick apart things that maybe people didn't like. But I like the entire movie from start to finish. And 
I was excited afterward and kind of just gave my initial review on my Instagram and then the comments started rolling in. So I'll kind of go through the movie without spoiling it of what I thought about it and why I actually thought it was a good movie. So I think from the opening, it was a fun opening, which I think is a big thing for any kind of comic book movie to have that kind of big opening scene. And I thought this one was great. What I think people didn't like about the movie overall was like the kind of cheesiness. And some people said like the special effects weren't that great. But what I felt is that it was kind of trying to be an ode to like the original Wonder Woman TV show. It kind of had that campiness. It kind of had that kind of like not so overly done special effects, which I feel like other DC movies kind of do. And I am a more of a Marvel fan. Like I've seen every Marvel movie and that's kind of my go-to all the time. So all the Avengers stuff, like that's my lane. And I'll agree that DC movies usually aren't as good, but every now and then there's one that comes out that I just like, and it happens to be movies with female leads. And those are the ones that I kind of say that DC should kind of stay and really focus on those. Cause I think that's where they actually do well. So even though some of the parts did feel and maybe look a little bit cheesy, I thought it worked. Cause there's certain scenes where she's like running and it looks a little funny or even like the scenes where she, you know, some of the action scenes, it looks, I, I don't, but the, the problem with it is that like the Batman movies and Superman movies, I feel like those are so like highly, like high special effects to where it's unenjoyable. And you realize that you're kind of watching actors that are probably in some big, you know, warehouse doing this movie. So I felt like this one had more of a human feel to it than other ones. I wonder too, if there's anything to the fact that, I mean, it was made and designed to be shown in theaters and not on your home TV. Like, do you think there's any difference there in watching things like that on a big screen? I mean, that, that has a little bit to do with it too. It depends on, you're kind of taking into account of what people are watching it at home. Like, if right. like we watch it on our TV, but other people could watch it on their laptop or even their phone. So knowing how everybody kind of experienced it and watched it, that kind of factors into it too. Maybe it looked crappy on a cell phone. Aside from that, from the opening scene, I kind of, again, took it into my head. If I was like a, if I was a girl, maybe like, I don't know, five, six, seven years old watching this movie. Like, I would be inspired because there's not a whole lot of female superheroes out there. Aside from Captain Marvel and then the Black Widow movie who hasn't come out yet, there's nothing really that could represent, like, a strong female lead. And basically every superhero movie is about some dude. And in this one, it's Wonder Woman, main character, the hero of the entire movie, she never has a sidekick. She never has any help. It's all her. I feel like some people wanted to not enjoy this movie. And it kind of became a thing to jump on with all the bad reviews and not like it. So I thought the villain was great. What's great about a good superhero movie is I feel like at some point in the movie, you have to feel like there's no way they're going to be able to defeat the villain. And I got that from this movie. I was like, like what exactly is going to happen? And then you find out at the end. So... I gave it a whopping four out of five lassos. And apparently that was like too, too high for everybody online, which gave it like two out of five. And everybody was saying that I've lost my credibility. Like, you don't know, like, did we watch the same movie? And I replied to a couple people giving my thoughts on it, but I stand by it. Like you, I watched it 
And I felt everything I do in any kind of normal superhero movie. And there was really nothing I could pick apart to take away from it as a whole. So I stand by that review still now, almost a week out from watching it. What did you rate it and how do you kind of feel about it? I gave it a 3.75 out of 5. Okay. I thought it was really good. I didn't pick apart. Any- I also didn't leave it thinking, wow, that was like the best superhero movie I've ever seen. Like, mm-hmm. I think you either, I think there's either the movies that like move you, like think about walking out of Black Panther. I saw that several times in theaters and every time you left, you're just like, that's amazing. Like I felt something or you just kind of enjoy it. And I felt like this was in the enjoy it camp. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Wasn't the best thing I've ever seen. It was not the worst by far. I thought it was good. Yeah. I'd recommend it. There's also nothing else out to watch. Like I'm at the point where I'm just like, I need something to watch. Like I'll watch anything new. We haven't had big screen like movies this year. Thought it was good. Yeah. And if you want to watch it, the only way to watch it, you, d- you either have to go to a movie theater, which a whole lot of, I mean, a lot of people did. Like, I think it made a hundred million dollars at the box office, which is a lot, or you can watch it on HBO max, which is only available in North America right now. And I think they're going to roll it out into the world soon. So if you have a subscription there, that's, I mean, that's 15 bucks a month. You think about how much you spend on tickets, snacks, it's still, you still save money and they're putting out a lot of movies there this year. Next week, I'll kind of break down like the most anticipated movies of 2021. But I mean, just like three months ago, I was like HBO Max, not a great, um, uh, subscription streaming service. We've watched a lot on there over we, Christmas break. We've watched a lot and not only movies that they have to look forward to this year, but I mean, there's a lot of TV shows there too. So, I mean, they're kind of coming up there. So our thoughts on wonder woman, if you have HBO max, if you're looking for a superhero movie and you just want to turn your brain off for a minute and watch something that has nothing to do with anything going on in the world, which I guess some people also put a political spin on this movie too. So I guess there's that part to it. So just take it for what it is. It's wonder woman being wonder woman. And if you want to watch that, I'd say it's worth it. I stand by the review. Any further questions? I don't think so. All right. So going to get into now the top five movies of 2020 right after this. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, 
and many tears and tantrums, but I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Cowie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so I have put together my list of my top five movies of the entire year of 2020, and I counted them up, and I've watched over 50 movies in the last year, which makes sense. Every single week, I try to review a new movie. Sometimes I watch two in a week, and the comment I got a lot about this was like, movies came out in 2020, and I felt I was a little offended by that doing a movie podcast. I'm like, of course they came out. But I did find it was kind of a weird year, aside from not a whole lot of new things coming out in theaters, but just people's viewing habits also changed a lot with movies this year. And I was thinking back on that time in March and you know April when everything was pretty much shut down, to where I kind of reverted back a little bit too, to just watching things that kind of made me happy. And they weren't necessarily new things all the time, which I think you kind of felt that too, right? Yeah, but I mean, aside from all the new stuff we've watched this year, we've watched a lot of stuff either that we've already seen or things that came out in previous years that we hadn't seen. So I don't feel like we were just focused on like only new movies. And I think that's what I saw too on, you know, I asked everybody on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter what your favorite movie of 2020 was. And there were a lot of new ones, but a lot of people said too that, you know, I watched things that didn't come out this year just because like I needed something different. And it was also at times hard to keep up with what was new and what wasn't because you didn't know if it was coming out in theaters. You didn't know what streaming service it was going to be on. So it was weird for me to go through everybody's comments on what their favorites were and then just kind of picking apart my favorites. So the way I kind of, made my list was based on movies I was most excited about movies that I wasn't expecting to like and ended up really enjoying. And then also just what I thought are overall solid movies that I would recommend everybody listening to this that I think you'll probably like. I'll start with number five, 
which I went with Soul, which we reviewed earlier. Um, again, I said not one of my favorite Pixar movies, maybe not even in the top 10, but it was all around a solid movie that I think anybody watching any kind of animated movie would enjoy. We kind of went into everything earlier, but I had to put that one at number five. An easy one to put up there. At number four, I went with The Devil All the Time, which you didn't watch because you don't like scary things or suspenseful things, right? I do not. And this one I thought was going to be like a straight up like horror movie. I don't even remember which one this Oh, the one with Robert, Robert Pattinson. And Tom Holland. Got it. And it ended up not being that at all. And what it kind of showed me was that Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson have like a whole different side of them that I think a whole lot of people don't see. Like they're really great dramatic actors and I know they get pegged for both being Edward from Twilight and Spider-Man. But I think in this movie, they really show like how gritty they can be, how real they can be. And overall, the movie was just something I watched and didn't want to stop watching. I didn't want it to end. And I think it's a great one. And it's on Netflix. You can watch it. And it also has me excited for their next projects, which Tom Holland has a movie coming out this year on Apple called Cherry, which is another dramatic role for him and a possible Oscar contender. And then Robert Pattinson has um, the Batman coming out. Supposed to come out this year on my birthday. It's delayed until 2022. But it also kind of puts me in a better place to kind of want to watch their movies and slowly also becoming like my favorite actors. And this year I went back and watched some of their other movies. And yeah, I think that's a great one. And you don't have to like scary movies, but it is a little bit violent. Subject matter is a little bit disturbing. So if you're kind of into those kind of movies, great one for you. You would not like it. Thank you. I still put that one in number four. At number three, I went with one I watched pretty recently. And it's a movie called Black Bear with Aubrey Plaza. And I basically had no idea what this movie is going to be about. All I knew is that it had Aubrey Plaza in it, who we probably know mainly as the comedic actress. She was in Parks and Rec. Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Stuff like that. The Happiest Season. Happiest Season also came out this year. She's just more that kind of person. And this one... I felt like it was her just her strongest. I guess I'm just liking people's like dramatic sides to them because her just overall acting skills in this movie was like top notch, which is a weird thing to say. I don't think I say top notch ever except describing certain people. But yeah, it was a movie about kind of like the creative process of what goes into making a movie. It's very meta at times because it kind of goes into this second layer and kind of peels back some things of like, how a director would get such a crazy performance out of an actor and it has a bit of a twist to it and it just when you watch it it feels like you're watching something that hasn't been done before and i really liked it so and it was also the cheapest movie to rent this year which came out and it was like six dollars so that's been another kind of factor this year of like i think a lot of people were affected by that $20 rental, which is like kind of the new format of like, oh, you want to watch a new movie at home? It's going to be 20 bucks. I think that's a a big reason why a lot of people didn't watch things, new things. If it wasn't on Netflix or something that you already had a subscription to, that kind of plays a factor. So also curious to see how they kind of move along with that 
I don't know. I feel like they need to pull back a little bit on charging so much. But that's at number three. At number two is a movie we both watched and both really enjoyed. And I'm putting The Trial of the Chicago 7. Yes. Which you think, how could they make a courthouse drama so engaging and so kind of captivating to watch? Which I think was my thought going into it. Like, I don't know how this is going to be that interesting. But man, it was pretty powerful, right? It was really good. Like a courthouse drama. I don't know. The the idea of that to me kind of sounds boring. Oh, see, I love like law shows. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. So you were into it from the very beginning? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I I just had to kind of, I don't know, maybe after like the first 10 minutes or so when they're kind of building up to what's happening, it took me that long to get into it. But once we were like, got into the story about it and it starts like in the courtroom and kind of works its way backwards, describing everything that happened. And I just thought it was great. I thought the actors were really great. I mean, it's a freaking stacked cast. And you got Sasha Baron Cohen not being Borat, a great one. So, and I also think like, you don't have, like, I like movies that you can go back and look how accurate they were and also like how much they look like their characters and just kind of learn a little bit about history. So what did you think about it overall? I thought it was really good. I'm also sitting here trying to remember all of it because we've watched a lot of movies over the past two weeks of Christmas break and... I'm trying to remember all of the details of that one. I remember liking it. Yeah. I don't feel like I can really say anything <laughs> else. <laughs> but it's a good one. And it's on Netflix. So if you want to watch that one, I put it at number two. At number one, you could guess my number one. But before we get to my number one, before you even try to guess this one, what would be your number one movie of 2020? I was thinking about it. And at first I thought maybe I didn't have one. But the more I thought about it, I think I'm going to go with The Happiest Season. Really? Really. Why? Well, one, I love Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Two, Christmas, even though it didn't look like anything like it normally does this year, it was just something about it that just felt like calming to me. And I enjoyed the cast. I wanted more Dan Levy, but aside from that, thought it was a great cast. Thought the story was a little like sadder than it needed to be at times, mm-hmm. but it was overall like that family drama that I'm realizing is my favorite kind of Christmas You movie. love a good family drama. I love a good family drama at Christmas. So I would say that's... My favorite one of the year. A good one. For me, my number one is a movie we watched together. A movie I probably enjoyed more than you did. I feel like I could guess it. Big Time Adolescence? No, but close. Dang it's a- it. Also on Hulu. Hulu Original? Hulu Original came out probably in the summer. It has one of my favorite concepts. Time travel? Yeah. Oh, Palm Springs. Palm Springs. That was my favorite movie of 2020. It's with Andy Samberg. Sorry for everyone who had just listened to me process there. <laughs> and it's the story about a guy who is reliving the same day over and over. He's stuck in this kind of loop. And then another girl gets stuck in the same loop. And they have to devise a way to get out of the loop. And it's funny. It also has a sci-fi element to it. It has a developing love story in it. It had like everything that I love in a movie inside of a movie. It makes you think. Um, Even after it happens, you have more questions about it, which I think if you watch it and if you like don't like movies that make you think afterwards, you will have a problem with the ending. Maybe I didn't think much about it afterwards. Oh, you didn't. (laughs) I liked it, but I didn't. I think you had a lot more questions. I do. I had a lot of questions, but I enjoy movies that 
don't wrap everything up at the end. Why do you shake your head? <laughs> because when I watch a movie, I want to know. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a nice, pretty bow. I just want closure. See, I like not knowing because you can kind of think about it a little bit more after. Like, what you think happened, why you think certain things turned out the way they did, or why they decided to end it that way. I like that part of a movie. Like, I feel like when they answer every single question, especially when it comes to things about any kind of, like, sci-fi genre, um, it kind of reminds me of, like, Lost. What Everybody had a problem after that show ended because there were so many unsolved questions about what happened on the island, what certain things meant, all that kind of stuff. I feel like that this movie had those same kind of elements of like you wonder like about, I guess, some of the plot holes, people would say. So I enjoy that. I like looking back and, you know, taking things for what they are and then kind of drawing my own conclusions. I don't have a problem with plot holes. And I think that's the thing that some people like hone in on the facts on movies and sometimes you just have to take the movie for what it is like everything that's presented to you you accept it and then you kind of build on that um i also have what listeners of this podcast ranked as their top movies and working backward at this uh number one was soul which i feel one that came out the most recent so it's fresh in everybody's mind i was gonna say it's fresh everyone remembers it you remember it you loved it I can see why that one would make a lot of people's lists on that. Um, Onward was another one that came in at number two, which was an earlier Pixar movie. And the last movie I ever saw in theaters last year. Again, I don't think it's the strongest Pixar movie. I actually think it's a pretty weak Pixar movie, but I could see why people enjoyed that one. At number three with listeners was Wonder Woman. And after all like the (laughs) mean comments that came in, that still came in at number three, which is also an example of what social media is like. You really hone in on like the negative mean comments or just the overall negative ones. And then people who just like it, you know, that's that. I don't know. That doesn't factor in as much. So still coming in at number three was Wonder Woman at number four was the Invisible Man, which came out earlier this year. Again, I thought that was a really great underrated, not a full on horror movie, but just a lot of suspense and Another movie that I luckily got to see in theaters. Felt, yeah, that was a strong pick. That could have made my top five if it had not have been for Soul. And then at number five was Hamilton. I think people also struggled on classifying that one as a movie. But I felt it meets all the criteria. Yeah. On Disney+, Plus, it doesn't feel like it should play out as a movie because it is a play. And it is a live recording. And it won't be eligible for any Oscar. But... I mean, that was right up there with me, too. Like, I loved Hamilton. And then coming in at our worst movies, I feel like we just got to pick one each. If you had to pick one worst movie of 2020, what would you go with? King of Staten Island. Okay. Glad you said that one. And I think when it comes to worst movies, it has to have like a balance of expectation versus what the movie was. And I think when we watched this movie... We were expecting it to be funny, right? Well, we'd also, the one I mentioned earlier, Big Time Adolescence, had Pete Davidson, and that was yeah, funny. that was So funny. I was expecting, I was just expecting something. It just fell flat. Yeah. I felt like we watched, it's almost what, like two and a half hours? It, it is, yeah, like really close to two and a half hours. And there was nothing. Yeah. The whole last 30 minutes, nothing happened, which I think is a thing that Judd Apatow gets criticized for, making his movies like way too long. And this one was probably an hour and a half too long. 
And yeah, it wasn't very funny. And I had pretty high expectations for this because it was one of the first ones to kind of roll out on the whole on-demand thing. Yeah, we paid $20 for that Yeah, one, we did we? pay 20 bucks for that <laughs> one. So, yeah, I felt like that one was pretty close to being my worst one of last year. But the one that I was just... Had the highest expectations for because he is one of the greatest actors of our lifetime, who is Tom Hanks, and it was a movie called Greyhound. Ah, uh, yes. And there were so many things I didn't like about that movie, but also I felt like nothing happened. Like, there was, like, three battles in the entire movie. I would agree with that part. Yeah, and it was just, like, Tom Hanks on a ship being Tom <laughs> Hanks. Like, that, that's what that movie was. It was him on a ship. We're going to rename this Tom Hanks on a Tom ship. Tom Hanks on a ship <laughs> is Greyhound. So, yeah, and it was based on a true story, but there was nothing there. So, that was my worst one. Um, honorable mention was Mulan. Mainly because there was such high expectation going into that one. And $30. And $30. <laughs> Jeez, how much money do we waste on movies last year? There were so high expectations for that one. And I really remember nothing about the movie other than it didn't in any way come up to the animated one. So that was my honorable mention in uh, Worst Movies of Last Year. So... That is our list. Again, thanks everybody who sent in your votes and um, look forward to more new movies in 2021. All right, just have one quick bit of movie news before we hop out of here. And it's about the movie The Midnight Sky, which Netflix is saying is on pace to be basically their highest watched original movie of all time, surpassing about 72 million households who have watched this movie. And it's with George Clooney. It came out on December 23rd, right before Christmas. And one we watched together. The night it came out, we were so excited. Yeah, we were excited about this one. I think it's because it has that star power of George Clooney. He hadn't done a movie in four years. And you think if it has George Clooney in it, George Clooney directing it, it's going to be good. And about mm, 20 minutes into this, had no heart whatsoever. Like, I felt... It had a lot of potential because it's about, you know, like a post something catastrophic happening on Earth. You have George Clooney meets this kid who he starts taking care of. But it felt like two movies. It was like two parallel movies, but it took them a while to cross paths. It's just very kind of spaced out and like nothing was really connecting throughout the movie. And I also felt like it reminded me of that show away we had watched earlier this year yes and i love space movies i love the idea of any kind of dystopian future or something like that but maybe it was so related to that and those kind of like visuals that i felt like nothing of note happened in this movie like i feel like there's kind of a formula when it comes to space movies now to where it's like all right there's people in space Something bad happens on the ship. A crew has to go outside of the ship to fix something. Something bad happens. And then they do or do not make it back to wherever they're trying to go. And I felt like this had that exact same formula. But you add in like this other kind of story with George Clooney. Which I felt like they would have just focused on his story. Him with that kid would have been a better movie. Yeah. I feel I will say it was one that I didn't pick up my phone throughout but mm-hmm. that was because i kept waiting for something to happen true so it kept my attention it did but there was never the like i guess there's like one kind of big thing but it's like right at the very end yeah and it wasn't even it's not enough to be like that was so great 
somebody else, I recommend you watch it. Yes. But yes, it did keep our attention throughout the entire movie. It was an interesting movie, but to be their biggest stream movie and to them kind of boast that, eh, I think that's a little bit much. I have questions about their numbers anyways, because didn't they say that that murder mystery movie was like yeah. the highest streamed? Well, the thing about question it- Question that. They're going <laughs> to keep breaking their records because they're gaining subscribers month after month. So right, no one's leaving the house. This year. <laughs> yeah, so- their numbers are interesting because I feel like they're going to keep breaking them all the time because there'll be more people, more eyes on it. And they're putting things at the very top when you open up Netflix. So more people are clicking on it. I don't know how they're justifying, like how long you have to watch it to count towards these numbers. Like do you just have to click on it. Does it just watching the trailer add to anything? So they're not super transparent how they come up with this. And sometimes I don't even think they have to really reveal like for a long time, they said nothing about how many views each of their shows or movies get. Now they're kind of starting to put it out from time to time, but I mean, they could inflate that a lot. So, and also just because it's watched that many times doesn't mean it's that great. Cause with this one, I was reading the comments too on when Netflix posted this, everybody was like, yeah, a bunch of people made a mistake of watching this movie. So I think with them, it's interesting just because, they are based on and how they make their money is with subscribers and with a lot of people watching their content where, you know, everybody else is trying to get the box office numbers, the ticket sales. So they're kind of in a good spot to where they can just release these numbers. It looks like a good big number. They say it breaks all their records and they're good. So they really have the upper hand there, but just because something is viewed a lot, I don't think it, translates to it being a good movie and it's also weird because i wouldn't necessarily say it was a bad movie either it was mediocre mediocre there you go (laughs) so that's basically everything we've watched in the last two weeks in one episode there you go you have a lot of (laughs) new movies you can watch if you haven't seen anything because a lot of people are like movies came out last year well there's a bunch of stuff that came out if you're looking for new things and i look forward to reviewing A whole lot of new movies this year. And hopefully, at some point, we'll be able to sit our butts into an actual movie theater. (laughs) And not on our couch. And not on our couch, which is wearing out day after day. That it is. And before we hop out of here, I do got to give my shout out of the week, which you can do in a capacity of ways. (laughs) Wonder why I phrased it that way? Well, I'm on Instagram, (laughs) Facebook, slash Mike Distro on Twitter, Mike Distro. So I go through all those channels, but I also have an email. Do you know the email? Movie Mike. D at gmail.com. So email is another great way. Can I use that one for when I sign up on websites for a discount? (laughs) No, you cannot. (laughs) So if you want to send in questions or any like ideas you have that I should cover, Email is a great way to do that, and I'm actually going over to that now for my shout-out this week. So, again, that email is moviemikeD at gmail.com. It's also in the episode notes if you want to go copy and paste it from there. Save it for later. But this email is from Julie, who had some feedback on the podcast. She said, I know you post all of your questions on Twitter, but would it be possible to post them on Instagram as well for those of us who don't have Twitter? And that's actually what I did for this episode. I posted it not only on Twitter, but also on my Instagram stories and on the Facebook page. So I thought that was a pretty great point. So now all the kind of questions I threw out there each week, I'll put them on all those three channels to get everybody's feedback for. So what I've kind of liked 
about this podcast now is getting everybody who listens involved. So if you want to kind of know ahead of time what the next topic is going to be, make sure you're following me on one of those websites, apps, what do you call them, <laughs> on one of those channels. And then um, I post like the topic usually on like Thursday or Friday. I get all those together and bring them together for the episode on Monday. So I like having everybody's kind of feedback and kind of making this whole little movie community on this podcast. So thanks, Julie, for that feedback. She also said, um, congrats to Kelsey and I who are engaged. If you're new to the podcast, Kelsey, who is a frequent co-host on this podcast, is also my fiance. And we are getting married this year. This year. 2021. It's it, crazy. It'll be down in the books. So yeah, that's another crazy thing to think about. And she also said, and by the way, she lived in Waxahachie from 2013 to 2015. And she loved that little town. So thanks, Julie, for that email. That is my hometown of Waxahachie, Texas, which is about 30 miles south of Dallas and a place that I haven't been back to in quite a while. But I love that city. And do you remember when I took you to walk, when you went to Waxahachie for the first time? Well, that's another crazy kind of thing. We're going to go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> a quick little rabbit hole here. So again, Kelsey is my now fiance. We've been together going on three years this year. Wow. And then we're getting in married in June. And our connection to Waxahachie is that one of my classmates. That you graduated with. That I graduated with. We found out later is your cousin. Well, we didn't find out later that he was my cousin. We found out later that he was your classmate. <laughs> that he was my classmate. Sorry. But, <laughs> I've known he was my cousin. <laughs> but that was our one connection to Waxahachie, which is strange because most of the time when I bring up that I'm from Waxahachie, nobody knows where it is. Nobody knows how to pronounce it. And to have that, that we not only know each other, graduated together, and now you and I are getting married. So, so yes, I do remember my first time to Waxahachie, but it wasn't with you. It was not. You had been there before. I was like, hey, you want to go to my hometown? Yeah, I've been there before. So anyway, that is a little bit about Waxahachie for nobody that asked. (laughs) But thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode. Hope you're subscribed to the podcast and hang out through the entire year because I have a lot of fun stuff planned this year. If at any point we're able to safely go back and like to movie theaters and be in crowds, I'd love to do like an event to have like people come like a screening or something, which was something I wanted to do before all this stuff happened. So maybe that's the year we can make this happen. Looking forward to having more people on as interviews. So a lot of fun stuff planned for this year. Hope you stick around. I will talk to you guys next Monday here. And until then, later. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Cowie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.